0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com.
1: That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
0: That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: With everything that we do and put out there, there's obviously the two of us that are characters in it, but Brooklyn is really the third character like brooklyn is always there and always part of you know what we do and who we are and we really love that and and want that to always be the case and so we make sure that we highlight it as much as possible
3: welcome to being home with hunker a podcast where we explore the idea of home not just as a place where you live but as an expression of your identity i'm your host Lori gunning grossman editorial director at hunker Today on the show we have the Brownstone Boys. The Brownstone Boys, otherwise known as Jordan Slocum and Barry Bordelon, are interior designers, DIYers, and renovators of historic brownstones in Brooklyn, New York. They share in this episode that after they purchased their first home together, which, yes, was a brownstone, they started a blog and an Instagram account about their renovation process. What started as something to share with family and friends quickly turned into them helping other people renovate their brownstones. So they did what anyone else would have done. They quit their corporate jobs and became the brownstone boys. Jordan and Barry talk about their passion for preserving original details when renovating brownstones. They say that craftsmanship is very important to them and that their biggest goal is restoring the way brownstones used to be made. They also discuss the definition of a brownstone, they share tips for anyone about to embark on a renovation, no matter the style of their space, and they suggest the two biggest things everyone should talk to their contractors about at the start of any project. Finally, you'll hear them share on how history has unfolded, meaning the things they've discovered when they've opened the walls during some of their renovation projects. So let's welcome our guests, Jordan and Barry, a.k.a. The Brownstone Boys. So I have to tell you, I was talking with my daughter this morning, and I said, I'm interviewing the Brownstone Boys today, and they renovate brownstones in Brooklyn, New York. And she said, what's a brownstone? So, fellas, I thought you could start by explaining to the audience exactly what a brownstone is.
2: Yes, absolutely. We do get that question pretty often, Okay, but they are probably surprisingly familiar. So if you've ever watched any movie or tv show filmed in new york city like sex in the city or even sesame street you've probably (laughs) seen a brownstone so it's the the beautiful tree-lined streets with the stairs that go up it's called the stoop in the front of the building on the uh, historic townhomes in new york those are usually brownstones so they're all townhouses or row houses, so they all touch one another on both sides, and they have the stairs, the stoop in front. But what makes a brownstone a brownstone is the material that's used on the facade. So a building could have a masonry front, like a brick front, and that's just a townhouse. But if the brick is covered in that you know, really common, beautiful brownstone material that you see in Brooklyn and New York and other places, usually in the, nor- the Northeast, then it's a brownstone. And they used to use it back in the day because it was really easy to mold and to carve and to really ornate in beautiful details on the front of the building.
3: Oh, that's so cool. Jordan, is Brooklyn the place where there are the most brownstones in the United States?
0: Yeah, there are several different neighborhoods within the states that have brownstones. However, Brooklyn is the most populated city, including brownstones. And I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up in Las Vegas, where there were absolutely no brownstones. And I remember as a young kid, kind of what Barry said, just watching on my TV and always having New York in the background. But more specifically, I remember watching Sesame Street as a little kid in the Cosby Show, and then later Sex in the City. And the brownstone kind of became the quintessential It took on the New York environment, and that really got me excited to move to New York. And it is really because of those TV shows, seeing the brownstones and the community that they embrace that always made me want to move to New York where there are the most brownstones.
3: Oh, my God. And they are so beautiful. I lived in New York for a very, very short spell, and I just remember walking the streets and and looking at them and just wanting to peek inside the windows and see, see what was going on.
0: Prior to us having our home, I just remember walking up and down every single street and like peeking in the windows, very similar to what you said. Yeah. And I really was so curious to what was inside those brownstones. Yeah.
3: You say that you guys were on your second date and you were riding bicycles through Brooklyn, and that's when you discovered that you both have a passion for brownstones. So how do you get from the second date on bicycles to now being the Brownstone Boys?
2: So, yeah, absolutely. So backing up even a little further, yes. uh, Jordan and I both have different backgrounds in design. I went to architecture school for a couple of years and I'm an architecture school dropout. Life took me in a different direction and I got a business degree instead, okay. um, but always loved architecture and design. But when I graduated, um, I went to software sales, which isn't the most fun to be in, but it paid the bills and was a good career to have. And while I was doing that, I I started doing my own kind of design of my own place. So I bought an apartment and it was like, made it beautiful myself and renovated it. And then I sold it and I did that a couple more times. And then when Jordan and I met, um, I was telling him about, you know, on our first or second date, uh, how... I did that over the last, you know, few years, and it was fun, and I love it, and I love, you know, picking out all the finishes and materials and seeing it all come together. And uh, we took that bike ride through, of course, the beautiful brownstone streets of Brooklyn, and we realized we had a passion for historic architecture and that those beautiful buildings. And Jordan had his own background in design that he can share, mm. um, but it all kind of started from there.
3: Yeah, Jordan, what's your background?
0: Yeah, so quite different than Barry, I lived in the same apartment, I moved to the city right before 9-11, it was actually a month before. And oh, wow, when 9-11 happened, you know, I knew that was what made me a New Yorker. And I knew that this was going to be my home for life. But I, you know, put myself through film school, and I knew working my first production assistant job after film school that it was not the career for me. <laughs> um, it was very long hours with very little pay. Um, all throughout college, I worked as a baker and I put myself through college working at that bakery. And I had a very strong passion for baking. And I worked at a small mom and pop bakery where the fellows that owned the bakery became very popular and they were wanting to open up a second bakery, but they needed help kind of designing how the kitchen in the bakery would work mm. for their new location. So they asked me and a couple other people that worked at the baker. To help them design this new bakery and it became a passion project of mine. I was so obsessed with designing the perfect kitchen for this new bakery. And they ended up recommending me to an ice cream company that was growing. And I joined this ice cream company when they were at three ice cream shops in New York. Yeah, Helped them design over 16 shops throughout New York and out in LA and Florida. But I just became so familiar with commercial design
3: Yeah,
0: and I was so passionate about it. But I rented my apartment, the same one that I lived in right before I moved here uh, during 9-11. And I saved every penny and I had a million inspiration picks saved for my one day home. Yeah. And that timing was right when I met Barry. He kind of told me about his past and how he saved and, you know, bought his first place and then sold that place. And I had a lot of questions for him. And he was like, you know, I'm ready to purchase my place. And I was like, this is what I have in saving. This is very little. It's not going to buy us anything big. Yeah. But he was like, you know what? Let's do this together. And your dream is kind of my dream. Ooh. And we took a risk. After seven months of dating, we bought our place together. Wow. Yeah. I told my parents. Uh, I almost put them in their grave. Oh my but God. the best decision I think we've ever made. And it's been great. Five years later, no regrets
3: Right on. So your sweethearts working together, yeah, which I love. I just love so much. Now I'm going to get to the sweetheart part because I'm also curious about people who are a couple who also work together and the interesting challenges and the joys that that presents, which I think are so interesting. But I guess what I first want to find out from both of you, because you said you both discovered that you had this passion for brownstones. What is it specifically that thrills you? About brownstones?
2: I mean, they're beautiful and there are only so many of them. Um, you know, they're not making any more of them. They're all built in uh, usually the late 1800s. And there's just a, a beautiful like community that's kind of built around them too. Yeah. So any brownstone block in Brooklyn or New York, it, it makes the community so rich and everyone hangs out on their stoops and there's just a lot of social activities around it. I mean, we have a, on our brownstone, we have a stoop in the front we have a backyard in the back and we actually renovated our backyard space during the pandemic and it's it's very nice but we usually are on the stoop in the front. So if we want to have a coffee or a glass of wine outside, instead of going to our backyard, which has lots of places to sit and enjoy, we just love sitting on the steps in the front because you see everything that's happening in the neighborhood. You talk to your neighbors. A lot of times people come by and sit and hang out with us. And there's just something about that community that's created in these neighborhoods that we love. And of course, they're beautiful. They're ornate. They have so many beautiful features inside and out with plaster moldings and marble fireplaces and beautiful woodwork to restore and stained glass. And we really love to sink our teeth into these things and restore them and work with all the artisans and craftsmen that we know that do this type of work. And so uh, there's just so many beautiful features to it. We decided to buy our place and to sort of blog around it mm-hmm. and Instagram account. And we did that because we were looking for information on how to renovate our place. And it was a historic building. Brownstones are unique in a lot of ways. Renovating in New York City is very unique. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> we were looking for answers to questions that we couldn't find. And we were like, you know what? There's other people out there too that are looking for the same answers that we are. So yeah. we thought, let's start a blog. Let's tell our story. We weren't quite sure where it was going to go. We thought our friends and family might follow it and that could be it. But it very quickly became a little bit more than that. And lots of people were reaching out to us and asking questions. And we were you know, helping out the best we could and providing answers. But a few people reached out that just seemed like they needed a little more help than just giving them a referral for an architect or answering our quick questions. So after we were almost finished with our place, we decided one of these people that reached out, we would ask, do you want us to help you? We just finished our place. So, you know, we'd love to jump in again and help someone else do it. And That was our first client, and then we quickly had a second and a third, and then we decided we had to quit our corporate jobs, and we did that, and then just kind of took off from there.
3: Just saying yes, just doing it. (laughs) It's so cool. Jordan, do you find that the community is generous, this whole community of people who have the passion for brownstones, is generosity part of this community and sharing the information?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, very similar to what Barry said, aside from just brownstones, it's old homes in general, and yeah. they're such a special community. And our goal is always to preserve what is original to the home. Yeah, Just like walking down the street and wanting to peek in,
3: yeah.
0: I was always curious what was inside those brownstones and the original details, the plaster work, the stained glass. And there's a craftsmanship of ways they used to make homes back in time that unfortunately they don't just don't make the way that they did back then right. and because of that i think our biggest goal with anything that we do is restoring the way that they used to make things and you know things that are inside some of these brownstones have lasted several hundred years wow and the goal is to put something back inside these homes that will last another couple hundred years moving forward
3: it's so beautiful so you mentioned that you work with artisans who are skilled in, particularly in making brownstones, like the features within the brownstones. You guys work with those people.
0: Yeah. I mean, we do a lot of the interior. So we do our bathrooms, our kitchen elevations, but there's so many specialty items and there's craftsmen or craftswomen, women, which I love yeah. that only feature this kind of work, you know, our wood stripper, Maria who has been doing wood stripping for over 30, 40 years, and she knows every species of wood. Wow. And we kind of developed this renovation family of just these hungry people wanting to save these homes. And yeah. it's really special. And something I love most about my job is, you know, just we're part of this, what we call our renovation family and just their stories and their backgrounds and how they got into the industry. I mean, anything I can do to highlight their work is just a blessing.
3: Yes, now is it hard to find a brownstone these days? Like do people not want to give up the brownstones that they live in?
2: It can be. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, there's there's only so many of them right. so and and they're popular. People really love them. They're beautiful. People want to live in them, and uh, a lot of people out there even want to restore them. Um, so it can be hard, but but there's usually a few in the market. But most of our clients come to us, when they either have just bought one or they're looking to buy one. So very early in their process. Okay. A lot of them need a lot of work. You know, they are very old buildings. And what's kind of worse than their age is the uh, what they've been through over the years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times they go through renovations over their 120, 150 years of life right. that do more damage to them than time has done over those years. So yeah. we go in and we undo a lot of not so great renovations that probably happened in the 60s and 80s and sometimes 90s. And so that's a lot of what we do. So usually when we look at a place with a client, it needs a lot of work. Yeah, It's a full gut renovation, but it's also a lot of restoration and saving what we can.
3: I'm going to recommend after people listen to this to go look at your YouTube videos because you have before and after pictures that are really quite stunning.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And sometimes we you know when demolition starts on these projects and we open up the walls, the history really unfolds. And we found newspapers from nineteen oh five and one of our projects in Carroll Gardens, which is a really popular Italian neighborhood, we found a original lipstick capsule of Elizabeth Arden from 1950s, the homeowner educated us on this and how important this lipstick was, because unfortunately, I don't know much about Elizabeth Arden and her lipstick. But it was such a great finding for her. And we found pocket doors. And it's just amazing the history within these walls of the older homes.
3: You know, that brings me to one thing that I was curious about. If you've ever opened up anything like in the walls or under the stairs, that's been odd. Have you found odd things? Scary things?
2: Nothing too scary, actually. No? We've heard stories. We've heard stories of other people finding some pretty scary stuff. But <laughs>
3: oh my god!
2: But we find some really cool stuff. I mean, that's that's one of the things that is so cool about working in these old buildings. And I always think about this, even in our own house. Um, how many people have walked through the front door yeah. and gone to work and gone to school? And sometimes it's just thinking about the people who walked through and sometimes there's actually relics of their lives, you know, newspapers that were left in the wall. So you'd understand what date maybe they closed it up or, you know, bottles and cans. And, you know, (laughs) there's a shoe in a wall from like the 1800s that was maybe one of the workers shoes or, you know, who knows how it got there, but it's always fun to find those relics. And I always think too, about a story about our place when we bought it, that we found in the Brooklyn Eagle, which is a newspaper that has been operating since the early 1800s in Brooklyn. And we found the original listing for the place uh, when it was listed for sale after it was built. And also there was the obituary of the gentleman who lived here, who was apparently found slumped over in his horse and carriage only a a few blocks away. And I guess he died of a heart attack at the time. So oh it's just so God. interesting to think about this neighborhood having cobblestone streets and horses and carriages when this place was built. Yeah.
3: Oh, that is so cool. So since you guys are deep into the world of renovation, and I know that you work specifically with brownstones, but I was wondering if maybe you had some advice you could share about renovation tips in general. You know, if someone were to say, hey, I'm going to get started renovating my home What are some things that you guys would say, here are things to think about, to look out for, you know, perhaps things that people aren't even like aware of even asking when it comes to the renovation?
2: Well, I guess, first of all, just in general, you know, although we do, you know, restore historic homes, part of that is modernizing it for a modern lifestyle. So, you know, we do restore all those beautiful original features, but, you know, we build in modern kitchens and bathrooms and and we really love putting in those modern elements in juxtaposition to the original features of the house. And so a lot of our design that we build in can be very modern as well. And so although the homes that we work on do have that historic aspect to it, the rest of the renovation is kind of like any other renovation that you would do in any home. And some of the things that we always recommend to people to think about especially early on is you know we always talk about the renovation process being a roller coaster ride because there's ups and there's downs and there's moments when you're very excited. Yeah. Um, you know, before the renovation starts and before demo kicks off and you're kind of choosing a lot of fixtures and finishes and imagining what the space might look like and organizing all your inspiration photos is usually a very exciting moment. And then shortly after demo, when we find the surprises and the walls and the wiring that has to be changed, we didn't know about or the structural issues that you know, no one could see until the walls are open. It gets stressful. You know, some yeah. expenses pop up. Right. And then you get through that and it gets exciting again. And you usually go through that a few times. So you can kind of expect those up and downs and expect that roller coaster ride. And if you, okay. if you know it's coming, then it makes it a little bit easier to get through. And
0: I always like to say it's never too early to plan and there will be decision fatigue and overload while the renovation takes off. So make as many decisions as you can beforehand. If you come across a wonderful mirror before like several years or if you're just walking down the street, start saving things and it's okay. And you'll find a spot for that and just really start collecting because you're you're going to hit a point where it's going to become too much too many decisions to make, and then you're really not going to fall in love with what you select. Right. So
2: it's never too early to start.
3: Okay. Anything else that people should be talking to their contractors about?
2: So I think the two big things are timing and budget. Yeah. So everyone has a budget and everyone has a timeline that they need their project done on. And so you want to get a really good understanding of that. Absolutely have a contingency for the budget because you're going to find things that you didn't know about beforehand, it's impossible to get an exact number on what the renovation is going to be, especially big projects like we do. Yeah. Um, so you want to have a contingency of at least 10 or 15%, depending on how big the project is, and expect to find those things. And when you do, you have the budget for it, and it's not as stressful as it would be if you were surprised by it. And same thing with the timing. Just add on two to three months. Oh, yes,
3: yes. <laughs> yes,
2: don't have a hard deadline. And it's, sometimes it's difficult to do, but don't have an expiring lease or some other reason why you absolutely have to be in on a certain date right. um, because it can get very stressful. And sometimes it's impossible to to avoid that. But if at all possible, we always recommend that you leave some flexibility with it because you know you'll likely need it.
1: Yes, that's a good tip.
3: sleeping dogs now on digital that's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash wondery you can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on angie to make your backyard the best around connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well inside to outside repairs to renovations Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, let's get to the fact that you two are sweethearts. Working together, which I love.
0: We're, we're still learning how to work with each other because not only are we dealing with probably the most stressful industry, Yes, you know, our business really took off together right as we kind of finished our renovation. Yeah. So we're constantly learning. And if we can get through this, which we are, we're going to really make it in life. So it's all upheld up, up from here.
3: So what is something... When you started working together, like what's a strength that you discovered about the other person that that person brings to your business partnership?
2: Jordan just has a way of making people feel really comfortable and loved and heard and understood. And he does a really beautiful job with working with our clients with that. So I can be a little bit more logical about things, Mm -hmm. which isn't always what people want to hear. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, And we talked about when you go through innovation, there are a lot of ups and downs. And Jordan, we call him the therapist in the group. So (laughs) he always helps our clients through that. And literally, I mean, hugs them at the job site, (laughs) when needed, like literally physically hugs them. So he does a really beautiful job with that. And it's definitely a strength that he has in helping our clients and me and everyone that we work with. Sometimes our contractors and uh, vendors that we work with, sometimes some of the other people on our team. But I love that about him. And then also he just has a really great eye for design. And I am more of a, I love neutral colors and grays and (laughs) Jordan loves color and he's introduced me to that. And Just like mixing the old and the new, it's like mixing Jordan
0: and Barry. And Jordan is me. I'm all color. Give me a bold pattern. And that is definitely the me of the design. And Barry's like 50 shades of gray. Any (laughs) neutral color, that is Barry to a T. But you mix those two things together and it actually works. Or at least we think it works. And I love most about Barry is just he's probably the most patient person and dealing with interior design, dealing with renovation, you have to have that patience. And sometimes I act on emotions and Barry just is there to provide that comfort that is necessary and, you know, provide logic, as he said, and that it will, we will get through this. And he provides a really thorough timeline of this is how it's going to work. And he shows that and provides it to not only me, to our clients. And he's just really good at that comfort that I think we all need.
3: Yeah, that's beautiful. Are you guys just taking over Brooklyn then? Are you taking over <laughs> the renovations? Like, what's like the long vision for you guys? What's your future casting when you look down the line with your business as the Brownstone Boys? What do you see?
2: You know, we want to keep working with as many clients as we can and making as many beautiful spaces as we can. Yeah. So, you know, we love producing our content, you know, on Instagram and kind of telling our story and, and helping other people and showing them how it's done in a lot of cases. We do a lot of how-to stuff for like wood stripping and restoring historical features, but also just beautiful kitchens and bathrooms and things like that. Um, we also have our house tours and uh, on YouTube that we love to do. So we're going to continue doing that. And outside of that, we have, you know, a few other little bits and pieces that are also fun and working with a couple TV show appearances that are happening on the Magnolia Network. Cool. It's a TV show follows one of our projects. And we're in the process of writing a book Ooh. about renovating your house yeah. that we're really excited about. But we're in the early stages of it, so it's going to be a little while before that's out. We'll keep everyone posted. Yeah.
3: Oh, that sounds cool. Very cool. You know, we have mutual friends, very gay paint.
0: We love them. We just had dinner with them last night. You (laughs) did? Yeah, Yeah, they were in New York visiting for What's New, What's Next.
3: So they're a couple. You guys are a couple. What advice would you give to couples who want to work together? What's something helpful for people?
2: We were actually talking about it last night with them, actually. I think there are some really amazing um, positive Aspects to it, you know. Obviously, like building this business with Jordan is—I couldn't ask for anything more. It's—it's just amazing to go through this and create a business and do something we're passionate about and be able to do it together. But it's also difficult in a lot of ways because we—we work together all day long. We're together all day long. We experience the same problems and in problem solving and issues and stressful moments all day long together. And we do find that we need to be very conscious to make sure we do things separately Mm -hmm. as much as we can. So, Jordan will go to one project and I'll go to another, or he'll work from somewhere else and I'll work from somewhere else on some days. And we have to really force ourselves to do it because we're busy and we're working on things together and it's easier to be in one room, but we can't always be in one room and always on the same project job site. We have to make sure we like consciously make time to. Be apart. Yeah, and the more we do that, the more our time together outside of work.
0: It's important to separate work and relationship. So really, when we divide and conquer, we can come together and take on where we left off as a couple outside of our nine to five or whatever that hours look like. That I think is so important that you really take time aside from whatever you're growing your business with your partner and keep that separate from your relationship.
3: Mm, Okay. I love it. When you guys are at home, do you have a favorite spot or room in your brownstone where you love to be?
0: Mine is the laundry room. Oh. Believe it or not, I hate doing laundry. Okay. And in <laughs> order for me to enjoy doing laundry... We designed probably the brightest, boldest space in the entire house. It was a room inspired by RuPaul's Drag Race, if anybody watches it. Mm-hmm. And it is a bright, bold pink room. And it is so fun. We have a disco ball in there. We have a bright neon sign. And now I just genuinely look forward to going down in our basement, doing laundry, and just living my best life.
3: <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good tip for laundry rooms, actually. Yeah. Make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you, Barry?
2: I mean, I love our the parlor floor in our house. I mean, it is where we spend most of our time. Yeah. And it's where you see the most of the original details of the house, and we have the original plaster moldings, and we put a lot of time and effort into stripping and restoring all the woodwork in our house, and that's where the majority of it is. So. Yeah. It's where you can kind of sit there and look in different directions and see all of the beautiful details. And and we can think about all the hard work that we put into them.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you guys are doing beautiful work. I just have one more question for you. So our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker. I'd love to hear from each of you what being home means to you.
2: There, you want to start? I mean, I think we've realized, right, all of us have realized over the past few years, how special our homes are to us. I mean, it's it's a place where not only we get to have wonderful memories that we make with our loved ones and our family, but it's also one of the biggest avenues that we have to express ourselves in our style. Things you collect in your travels are displayed where you, know, you walk into someone's house and you can immediately kind of understand them and their style and mm-hmm. what they like and what they you know, what things that are special to them and things that they love. Um, you see you know, photos of loved ones hanging in the, on the walls. And it's just a place that creates all these beautiful memories. But it's also just a way for us to express ourselves. That's a reason why we love what we do, because we are helping people create their home to express who they are and who their families are, but also give them this way to, to create all these beautiful memories with their families.
3: Yeah, I love it. What about you, Jordan?
0: Yeah, home is an expression of your true self. And it doesn't have to make sense to anybody but you. And that's what I love the most about design is that design should just be your true, authentic way of expressing what makes you feel good. And it really should be how you want to feel in a space. And I love asking our clients, you know, for a playlist when we go into the design phase and getting a mood, you know, how they want to feel when they walk into their kitchen or walk into their new living room, because music inspires me. And that should be a self-expression that only you should be able to have that feeling when you walk into your new space. Yeah. So I love that home is just a complete reflection of your true self
3: Hear, here! I fully believe that, too. It's a big thing we talk about at Hunker, how our spaces are reflections of our identities. And so what you both said is beautiful. You guys are super adorable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. and
0: I hope everyone gets a chance to come out to Brooklyn. Um, it's a really special place and we love it so much. And if anything, I just want our stories about Brooklyn to be told.
2: Yeah, we always talk about, you know, through our social media and everything that we do and put out there, that there's obviously the two of us that are characters in it, but Brooklyn is really the third character. Like, Brooklyn is always there and always part of, you know, what we do and who we are, and we really, you know, love that and, and want that to always be the case, and so we make sure that we highlight it as much as possible.
3: It's beautiful. You guys are sharing that story, the story of Brooklyn and community and beauty with the Brownstones, So keep on doing what you're doing. We're going to send everyone your way for people to go see your videos, the home tours. They're super inspiring and just fun to see if people like to see inside people's homes and see some beautiful architecture. So thank you so much, Barry, Jordan. Thank you so much for being on the show with me.
0: Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.
3: Right on. Thanks, guys. To learn more about the Brownstone Boys, visit their website, thebrownstoneboys.com, or find them on Instagram, at brownstoneboys. Also, be sure to check out their videos on their YouTube channel, Brownstone Boys, where you can see home tours and other renovation projects. You're gonna love seeing some of their before and after images. Also, in our show notes, you can discover other episodes we think you might like based on this conversation, such as my chat with DIY home decor expert, Tricia Sprouse, muralist Variegate Paint, and the founders of Leeway Home. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, senior designer Maury Men, and director of audience development Gina Gough. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.